I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time, Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call, and we say, all with our introductory song, amen, ahoy to you. What a blessing to be with you by means of radio. The book of 2 Kings today, 2 Kings chapter 4. For some of you, it's not today, it's this evening or early in the morning. Whenever you're listening to our program, I'm just glad that you're there. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to look at a little study here in the Old Testament. Well, it's more of a little story, I'm sorry. And we're going to get into, I'll say, a few controversial things. You said, uh-oh, <laughs> that usually raises the eyebrows of some people. But talking about, uh, here we have Second Kings chapter 4, the story of someone actually being raised from the dead. We're talking about how to raise the dead. You said, Brother Mon, <laughs> do you do that? Oh, Yes. Uh, many times, many, many times, but only in a New Testament setting. In the New Testament, we find the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. God is not so much in this age interested in the body as he is the soul and the spirit. And as far as the soul of man is concerned, it's lost without Jesus. As far as the spirit, it's dead. So in actuality, when someone, when I talk to someone about Jesus Christ, all they trust the Son of God to be their Savior. All they trust in the power of the blood. We have redemption through the blood. Amen. When they trust Jesus to be their Savior, it's like being raised from the dead. Ephesians 2, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. So we're talking about how to raise the dead in a New Testament a New Testament sense. Hey, if you'd like to correspond with us, you can do. If you have access to a computer, just F-O-M-M. Dot org F-O-M-M, and that period in O-R-G, that'll bring you directly to us. You can kind of click around in some areas that you would like and uh, leave us a note that's there. If you'd like to write to us, sometimes uh, our the station will give you an address whereby you can correspond with us. You call the station. We'll be, oh, it'd just be del delightful to take. I like it when all uh, some of these people come in and drop this mail upon my desk. And they said, here you go, Brother Mon. <laughs> Good luck. And <laughs> a whole pile of letters. I love every one of them, too. I like to receive mail. And uh, burdensome while, of course. And uh, getting back, oh, but what a wonderful burden. Thank you for being there at this time. Uh, the story here, instead of reading all these uh, passages here, we have the man of God by the name of Elisha, and uh, he's God's man. He goes about through all of Israel, uh, talking about the God of Israel, and uh, from place to place, he, he has to rest, in, especially this place called Shunem, Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. There's a woman that's mentioned there. She's called a great woman. By the way, there are very few people in the Bible that are called great. 
But what's so, what's great about her? Because her and her husband makes uh, Elisha a little motel room. Isn't that, isn't that cool, you know? It gives him some hospitality. Makes him a little motel room where when he comes through Shunem, he actually can spend the night there and then take off the next day into the places that uh, God is sending him. For that being true, he rewards this woman with something special. He finds out this woman doesn't have a son. Elisha talks to the God of Israel. God gives her a son. The son grows up. The son is in the field one day, passes out, has some kind of sunstroke. Father brings her back to the mother. The little fellow's dead. What does she do? Instead of putting him in the grave, she brings him to the bed of the man of God. She runs to the man of God, and there the man of God uh, takes and comes to the woman's house. He's used by God to raise this little boy from the dead. What a wonderful story. Now, how do we give it New Testament setting? Did this literally happen? I believe it. In the Old Testament, did God raise people from the dead? Oh, yes. In the New Testament, did Jesus raise people from the dead and the disciples? Oh, yes. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Now, in this age, we've got a little problem. You said, well, what's the problem? We have people trying to mimic this today. Hence, we have people that believe that healing is still in the atonement. And, uh, but they're, they're very careful in reading the New Testament, very careful about They get all excited about healing the sick, but they don't talk much about raising the dead. Uh, sir, and he said, yes, Brother Mon, uh, I have a friend of mine that's in the mortuary. They're in the funeral home. I, I want you to come with me. Oh, oh Brother Mon, we, we, we don't go to funeral homes. Well, why not? Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to be in the graveyard. It's such and such. We don't go to graveyards. Why, if you can heal the sick, why can't you raise the dead? You say, it's different. No, it's not different, my friend. The power of God can do all the impossible. So we see in this age once again, ah, as far as this old body is concerned, have you ever thought about the confusion that there would be if you tried to suppose uh, suppose I, I pass on? And whether by accident or whether just normal, to just normally go to bed and just open my eyes in glory and I'm there in heaven and boy, I'm having a time and boy, I tell you, running around and meeting these people and seeing it, oh, what a wonderful, this is a real place, my heavenly harbor. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in heaven. And then all of a sudden, somebody's down here on this earth praying that God would bring me back and that person drags me back out of heaven and puts me back down on this earth. On this sin-cursed earth, whoever it was, I'd try to grab him and choke him to death. <laughs> you said, are you serious? Brother mine? yes, I wouldn't want to come back. So there's a problem in this raising the dead in this era. Oh, but it can be done in a New Testament sense of, once again, all the soul of man is lost and the spirit, my friend, is dead so when we tell people about Jesus Christ, when they're gloriously saved, it's like being raised from the dead. You can read about it in Ephesians chapter 2. Some little things in this story that I think is real good. Let's see if we can throw them in here real quick. And uh, as far as telling people about Jesus, do you do that? Yes. I'm sure you try to do that also. That's what we try to do here on this program. Many people listen, they're without Christ. What do we try to do here? Not try to talk you into something. We're not trying to sell something. We're trying to tell you about a Savior that can save your soul and give you assurance in knowing that heaven is your home and your sins completely forgiven. But whoever is listening, I know this. 
Oh, they would be like, uh, you know, the Savior said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we try to tell other people about the Lord. How do we do this? What principles do we do we use? This woman in verse 24, she finds her son is dead, and now she knows, all right, she's recognized the death of her son. She knows only God can help her, so she's trying to get to the man of God as fast as she can go. So all she has, she didn't have a truck. She didn't have a car. My friend, all she has this little this little cart and this little donkey, and she tells her servant. She said, "Now take you get pedal to the metal." That it didn't read that. Well, let me read it for you. Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding, except for me. She said, "You go as fast as you can. Don't you slow down unless I holler at you." Hey, that bump was hard, you know. Now she has this little cart. It's bumpy. It's about sixteen miles. My friend, with this mule and this ox cart to this preacher's house. All right. She says, slack not thy ride. What is that? She's filled with zeal. You know, you can say what you want to about faithfulness to duty and perseverance. But sooner or later, you'll stop if you're not motivated by Jesus Christ in the sense that the Spirit of God has given you zeal. What is zeal? Inspiration from the Holy Spirit. I need that. I need to be a zealous person. If I'm going to be used by God to raise people from the dead, I need to be full of zeal. This woman in verse 26, I find she's full of faith. She heads off to the man of God's house. Uh, there before she gets there, they see her at a distance. And the man of God said, hey, that's the woman of Shunnah. Go find out what she wants. And the servant asked her, he said, is everything okay? She said, it's all okay. Now, let me, let me read it. It, it says, uh, uh, he said, is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. But it wasn't. It wasn't well. Her son was dead. She said, it is well. But it wasn't because I know she shed tears. And she didn't know what to do except contact the man of God. But how could she say it was well? Because she had faith. Her son had died. How could she say it's well? Because she was coming to the man of God and by faith believing that her son could be helped. My friend, when we talk to others about the Savior, when we look at their eyes, can we believe God for their souls? Can we have faith to believe that the Lord could save that person? I'll be honest with you. I've talked to many a man, and I thought within my heart, there ain't no way. There ain't no way God would save this man. There ain't no way this man is going to trust Christ. I need faith. If I'm going to raise someone from the dead, I need faith. I need faith. I need that personal touch. Verse 34, Elisha, when he comes to the woman's house, this little boy is in his bed. What does he do? He shuts the door. Now, that's unusual. If you were with one of these modern, so-called faith-type healers and resurrectors, they'd want the door open. They want the press in. They want the cameras in there so that everybody can see. But the man of God shuts the door. Everybody out. Shuts the door mouth-to-mouth, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand, giving this little boy what we call life support. Today, what does that mean for us today? All right, that we need to be personally involved with people. You know, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, so when it's becoming so professional, no wonder there's very few Ephesians chapter 2 like conversions. Verse 33, and then it says, The man of God prayed, prayed unto the Lord. Elisha himself was full of faith, had confidence in God. What's the first step of faith? Prayer. True faith is exercised toward and in God. 
prayer. It's the key that unlocks the door to the power of God, but few ever use it. Now, we believe in it, but we rarely ever use it. And then when you put zeal and faith and prayer and personal touch and patience, my friend, all this little fellow here in 2 Kings chapter 4, what takes place in verse 35. Then he returned and walked into the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon the child. The child sneezed seven times and the child's eyes opened victory. Isn't it wonderful to see God open the eyes of those who are lost? You said, Brother Mon, are you really raising people from the dead? No, not physically, you know, but spiritually we can be used by God all to tell some of the gospel truth. And the power of God can stir in their lives. And God can take a person dead in trespasses and sin. And miraculously, you ought to read about it in Ephesians 2. I wish I had time to do so. And you have he quickened who were raised, uh, who uh, were dead. And it says they've been raised together. That's what happened to me. January the 2nd, 1966. Dead in sin, but resurrected. I'm glad I've been raised from the dead. Aren't you interested in helping others with that? We need zeal. Yes, and we need faith. That personal touch. Prayer to God, and it'll equal victory. How? To raise the dead. Oh, it's so good to have been with you. If we can help you, be sure to correspond with us. And until next week, the same time, this is old Fisher Munn saying goodbye.